Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we'll be going in depth into my week number 16 top 10 waiver wire pickups for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we hop on into the waiver wire pickups, for the week, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 16 waiver wire ads for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with my number one waiver wire ad for week number 16, Noah Brown, wide receiver of the Houston Texans, going up against the Cleveland Browns this week at home in Houston. Now, Noah Brown is currently rostered in 40% of leagues on ESPN and 21.1% on NFL. So if you play on CBS, Sleeper, any of those other fantasy football platforms like Yahoo, then the roster percentage might be slightly different, though I will note in some cases there could be a drastic difference in roster ship percentage comparing one website to another. So Noah Brown was the wide receiver nine last week in PPR. Now that is prior to the Monday night football game tonight between the Eagles and the Seahawks. This video will be released prior to Monday night football. So I'm not just going to go ahead and rub a crystal ball and pretend that I know where every single wide receiver is going to finish. So as of right now, prior to Monday Night Football, Noah Brown is the wide receiver nine. It's likely that maybe he falls all the way back to wide receiver number 12, but regardless, he still had a really good game. Week 15 up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. The Houston Texans eat that W, famous Jameis style, 19 to 16. Noah Brown has eight receptions on 11 targets for 82 yards and a touchdown. And he did all of this not with C.J. Stroud. He did it with Case Keenum under center. So even if Nico Collins was to return this week, which seems pretty up in the air, if I'm being honest with you, I still love Noah Brown. Now, obviously, without Nico Collins, Noah Brown will be better off in terms of targets. But assuming that C.J. Stroud is back, I think the ceiling is the moon for Noah Brown, I understand that on paper, the matchup up against the Cleveland Browns is far from ideal. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Noah Brown is like this must-start wide receiver this week by any means. But if you're having trouble at the wide receiver position, maybe you want a high upside flex. I think Noah Brown is the answer to that. Moving now to my waiver wire ad number two, Zamir White running back of the loss. Vegas Raiders going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City on Christmas Day. This is the 1 p.m. game on Christmas Eastern Standard Time. 7.3% rostered on ESPN, 6.8% rostered on NFL. Now, Josh Jacobs missed Thursday night football with a quad injury. If he misses yet again, even up against the Chiefs defense, I would definitely be looking to start Zamir White. Obviously, when it comes to picking up players that hinge on injuries, I would wait until Tuesday tomorrow as this is being recorded to look more at the news about Josh Jacobs, because if everything is kind of leaning towards Zamir White being the backup and Josh Jacobs coming back, then maybe I would bump Zamir White down a peg. But if it feels like Josh Jacobs is going to be out Yet again, then that would be very, very good for Zamir White's upside. And I was honestly shocked last week with how many snaps Zamir White played because between him and Amir Abdullah, I didn't necessarily expect it to be like a 
50-50 split by any means, but I figured, hey, maybe it's a 60-40 split. No, last week for the Raiders, Amir White played 70% of the snaps, and Amir Abdullah only played 27%, and I think that is something that could be replicated this week, again, assuming that Josh Jacobs doesn't play. So last week, running back 11 in PPR up against the LA Chargers, the Raiders absolutely dominated 50 shades of gray style. The Chargers, they win 63-21. to This game, honestly... Felt like more of an ass whooping than the Dolphins versus Broncos game. I know the Dolphins technically scored more points, but the Chargers offense was in shambles from the start. I don't even think they fucking scored in the first half. It was like hilarious how bad the Chargers offense was. And Zamir White benefited heavily from the Chargers defense being as soft as baby shit. 17 carries for 69 yards. Very nice, I like. And a touchdown as well as three receptions on four targets for 16 yards. Assuming, again, sometimes making an assumption makes an ass out of you and me. But assuming Josh Jacobs misses... This could be another top 18 game for Zamir White. Moving now to waiver wire ad number three. We got Ty Chandler running back of the cold like Minnesota Vikings going up against the Detroit Lions. 45.9% rostered on ESPN, 28% rostered on NFL. Now, Madison missed last week with a sprained ankle that he sprained in week 14. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses yet again. So just like the scenario that we talked about with Zamir White, this is another situation that needs to be monitored as the week goes on. Now, Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Vikings, kind of today inferred that while he trusts Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler is going to see the featured role in the Vikings offense. So even if Madison returns, we could still have potential high hopes for Ty Chandler. Now, obviously, if Madison does return, I'm not going to be sitting here banging the drum, giving the Gawk Gawk 9000 special for Chandler, but he would still be a lower end start, assuming that we believe what head coach Kevin O'Connell said is the truth. Ty Chandler was the running back four last week in PPR week 15 up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati with nine inch Nick Mullins under center. They lose 24 to 27 in overtime, 23 rushes for 132 yards and a tug for Chandler as well as three receptions on four targets for 25 yards. And just like what we saw out of Zamir White, Ty Chandler dominated the snap share for the Vikings running backs last week. Ty Chandler, 81%. Noanguwu. Again, I probably pronounced his name wrong. I think I learned how to say it last week, and then it just went right out of my brain. 10% of the snaps for Keen. So that really does show us that, hey, if Madison is not going to play in this game, Ty Chandler is a workhorse running back. Now, again, is Ty Chandler one of the best running backs in the NFL? Fuck no, baby. But you don't need to be the best running back in the NFL to have a great game up against the Detroit Lions defense. Next up, we move to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back of the Kansas City Chiefs, going up against the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas. Again, this game is at 1 p.m. EST. I was shocked. I was really shocked, honestly, that he is only rostered in 32.9% of leagues on ESPN, 18.8% on NFL. It seemed like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a hot pickup last week, and for some reason, he is still available in week number 16. Now, this is another running back where we have to monitor the situation. Do we see Isaiah Pacheco return, or does he end up missing again? Obviously, if Isaiah Pacheco is back, 
I would backtrack in a huge way, put that bitch in reverse on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But if Pacheco misses again, I do really like what I saw out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I like even more what I saw out of the snap share for the Chiefs running backs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the running back eight last week in PPR up against the Patriots in New England, winning 27-17. to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 13 rushes for 37 yards, as well as going four for four like he was at Wendy's. Four receptions on four targets for 64 yards and a score. And again, I really did love what I saw out of the snap counts there in Kansas City. 62% of the snaps for CEH. 34% for Jarek McKinnon. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Nick, that seems like a very normal share for running backs in the NFL. Well, when you take into account what we saw the previous week in week number 14, Clyde edwards Slayer played 48% of the snaps and McKinnon played 45%. So if this team is really trying to push Clyde edwards Hilaire into the starting role when Isaiah Pacheco is out, then that could be very beneficial to us in fantasy football determining which one we'd rather play. And while I am still a big Jarek McKinnon fan, while Jarek McKinnon can do a lot when given very little, at this point, we just have to be honest, and say up against the Raiders' defense, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the much safer bet. Obviously, being the safest running back ever doesn't win you fucking fantasy football games, but if you're comparing the two, I like Hilaire more. Now moving to the number five waiver wire ad, we got Jarek McKinnon. 37% rostered on ESPN, 25.6% on NFL. Now, despite only seeing 34% of the snaps, McKinnon was the running back 12 last week in PPR. Up against the Patriots, four rushes for 11 yards, as well as three receptions on three targets for 19 yards and one touchdown. So while in a vacuum, if you're like, Nick, who is the better running back, McKinnon or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I would go to bat every single time for Jarek McKinnon. But if Andy Reid, the fat bastard, the Kool-Aid man himself, would rather lean with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, then I think we in the fantasy community need to lean that way as well. Now, again, if Isaiah Pacheco ends up suiting up in this game up against the Raiders on Christmas, then we just go ahead and sit both McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I actually think if Pacheco was going to play, then I would rather just take the risk, risk it for the biscuit and play McKinnon. But assuming it is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and McKinnon with no Pacheco, I think I'd rather play Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this week. Next up, we move to my number six waiver wire ad. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. And whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. So Joshua Palmer, wide receiver of the LA Chargers, going up against the Buffalo Bills on Saturday Night Football. This is the exclusive game to Peacock. Now, if you don't have anyone on the Bills or the Chargers, I would suggest hanging out with your family, right? Getting some extra brownie points with your girlfriend, your wife, right? Take her out to dinner. Go do something nice because you don't need to watch the Chargers get absolutely spit-roasted by the Buffalo Bills on Saturday night. You should just go ahead and have a nice day. Take your wife out to dinner, like I said. Maybe be like, you know what, honey? I'm not going to watch football on Saturday night. And then maybe you'll get some dome piece later. Who knows? But hey, that was the smart move to do because you don't need to watch a legitimate murder scene take place on live television. 19.7% rostered on ESPN, 12.3% on NFL. Wide receiver 12 last week for Joshua Palmer in a game that was absolutely hilarious to watch. You would almost think there was a laugh track on this shit like you're watching Friends <laughs> every five seconds when 
The Raiders were legitimately doing everything. They were doing fucking trick plays in that game. It was hilarious to watch. If you didn't watch that game, I get the matchup on paper was terrible, but it was genuinely very funny. Week 15 up against the Raiders. The Chargers lose 21 to 63. That game felt like it was 100 to 7. I'm not even kidding. Like, I was... Almost shocked when I looked back because I don't remember the Chargers getting three touchdowns. It felt more like a 14 to 63 game. So that's how you know things just went upside down for the Chargers. Four receptions on four targets for 113 yards and a score for Joshua Palmer. Now, again, while I think the Chargers offense is an absolute laugh riot, while I think it is a disaster there, a complete and utter fucking dumpster fire in LA. They just fired their head coach, Brandon Staley. I still think that with how down bad they are going to be to the Bills, because the Bills just dog walked the Dallas Cowboys. So they are going to lay in haymakers. They're going to use their fucking finisher, the Kamehameha type shit, right? And I really do think that the Chargers are just going to be throwing all game long. And if Keenan Allen is ruled out again due to his heel injury, which I think is very plausible considering there is no reason to risk injury on Keenan Allen on a team that is dead, sleeping with the fishes, that just fired their head coach, Palmer has huge upside. Now, if Allen returns, Palmer is still fine, but he's not going to be a guy that I'm banging the drum as much for. Again, it takes some balls. It takes some cojones to start Joshua Palmer because, again, the matchup on paper reeks to high heaven. The Chargers offense sucks donkey cock, but I think Easton Stick is going to have to throw all game long, and Joshua Palmer could put up another very similar stat line, right? We don't need him to get 10 targets. Maybe he could get 10 targets, but maybe five, six targets? He could easily get at 80 yards and a touchdown. Again, do I love Joshua Palmer? Of course not, because the Chargers are a disaster. But I still think there's value in a guy like Joshua Palmer, especially if Keenan Allen misses. At number seven, we got Baker Mayfield, quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, going up against the Jaguars at home in Tampa. 49.1% rostered on ESPN, 33.6% on NFL. Now, Baker was the quarterback, too, last week in the Battle of the Bays. The Bucks versus the Packers in Green Bay. The Buccaneers win 34-20 in a Baker Mayfield master class. I'm talking about this might be the best game off the top of my head that I've ever seen Baker Mayfield play in the NFL. It was certainly the best game he played this season because he was surgical in this game, he had on the fucking scrubs here. He's wearing the mask, that weird little hat thing that they wear. 22 completions on 28 attempts for 381 yards and four touchdowns. Full on Dr. Kennedy from The Sopranos. I think the guy from Grey's Anatomy's name is Dr. Gray. He was going in. He took the Packers out back and whacked them. It was crazy because I know that the Packers just lost to the Giants the week before. Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets went crazy. But I think most people assumed that, you know, Jordan Love would bounce back. This offense would be better. And the Bucks just steamrolled him. Again, 22 completions on 28 attempts for 381 yards and four touchdowns. He looked amazing. So I am very excited about him up against the Jaguars. He has had back-to-back -back solid games in a row, and I think he could easily score 20-plus points again up against a Jaguars defense that, again, I think the Jaguars defense is a little bit underrated, but they're not the fucking 85 Bears, right? They're not the Browns. They're not one of the better defenses, the Ravens, in the NFL. 
So I think Baker Mayfield shouldn't have much of an issue having a solid game yet again. At number eight, we got Hunter Henry, tight end of the Patriots, going up against the Broncos on Sunday Night Football in Mile High. Everyone is so excited to watch Bailey Zappi versus Mr. Unlimited on Sunday Night Football. Another game where you get some brownie points, you go ahead, you hang out with the misses if you're a female or if you're a guy, you know, you can hang out with the mister as well. I don't judge. So Sunday Night Football, just go get some brownie points. Don't watch this shit again. If you bet on it or whatever, go ahead, bet on it, bet on it. Shout out Zach Efron. You can go ahead and watch the game. I'm going to watch the game because I am a football addict and I realize that, hey, 16, 17, 18, there's three weeks left of the regular season. I will cherish it while I can. 17.5% rostered on ESPN, 18.2 on NFL. Now, I know you guys that watch my videos throughout the week, you might be thinking, if you're not new, Nick, you didn't like Hunter Henry last week. You thought that Hunter Henry's performance in week number 14 was Fugazi. It was a wazzy. It was a woozy. He wouldn't be able to do it again. And he did, you cocksucker. And yes, you would be correct, commenter, because that was correct. Tight end four on the week in PPR. They lose to the Chiefs 17 to 27, but it doesn't matter because Hunter Henry was prime Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, that is not the he's not Gronkowski, but I hope you got the point there. Metaphor, seven receptions on nine targets for 66 yards and a touchdown. This is now back-to-back -back weeks with one or more touchdowns because week 14, he scored two touchdowns. I am going to be blatantly honest with you guys. I still don't trust Hunter Henry at all. But if your tight end production is at an all-time low, like that John Bellion song, right? If you don't feel very confident in your tight end, you might as well take the upside shot on Hunter Henry, who Bailey Zappi is just force-feeding the ball to. A lot more involvement for Henry compared to when Mac Jones was under center, so I think Hunter Henry could be sneaky good this week. Again, I'm not going to sit here and claim he's going to be a top-five tight end yet again, right? I'm not going to scream from the mountaintops like the Ricola advertisement like a fucking goat on top of the mountain. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to say that, hey, what a wonderful time of day. Like, hey, if you're really down bad at tight end, if your tight end is kind of making you a little bit nervous, the upside of Hunter Henry is very high. I don't think he gets nine targets again, but if he gets six targets, five targets, he could certainly score up against the Broncos defense. That just got bukkake'd by the Lions and Jared Goff, the Goffinator, on Saturday. So before we move on into the final waiver wire ads of the week, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And today, Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys. But first, I want to explain to you how the NFL Pick'em game works. So you have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So we're talking about the Eagles versus Seahawks Monday Night Football matchup in Seattle. So Jalen Hurts may or may not play. I, as of right now, I'm leaning closer to him not playing. So we're going to go with Jake Elliott, higher than one and a half field goals made. I think Mariota will be able to get them into field goal range and maybe not able to get him closer to the end zone so Elliott higher than one and a half field goals made and then for the Seahawks they might be having Drew Locke under center they might have Geno Smith either way up against the Eagles defense I expect DK Metcalf to go higher than 61 and a half receiving yards now if both of these picks hit you will get three times your entry fee if you do three picks it's six times four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee now if you're brand new to underdog fantasy and you live 
live in one of these states on your screen right now. If you use promo code Notorious, you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. So you deposit $100, they give an additional $100, you do $50, additional $50, $25, and additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, we move to waiver wire ad number nine, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver of the Washington Commanders, going up against the New York Jumbo Jets in MetLife, 43.4% rostered on ESPN, 13.6% on NFL. Now, I'll keep things short and sweet here like Kyler Murray for Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is one of those landmine plays for fantasy football, one of those firework plays, as I like to call it. If you've been watching the channel for a while, you already know what I'm about to say. A firework play is a guy that has supreme upside, right? But it's a guy that's downside, right? The ceiling is immense. The ceiling's the moon. But the basement is like a basement that goes all the way down to the deep depths of fucking hell, right? Because if you start Curtis Samuel, he's either having a great day, right? You're having fucking filet mignon for dinner, right? It's great. Or you don't have any money to eat and you're stuck eating fucking ramen noodles, but you don't you don't even have enough money to get the seasoning in there, so it's just the noodles, right? That's how it feels with Curtis Samuel. He's a firework play because you're either at the end of the night gonna feel very happy, you see fireworks throughout the sky like that Katy Perry song, or you end up like Jason Pierre-Paul and you got like seven fingers left at the end of the night, right? Or like the dude in the Holiday movie, if any of you guys uh, have ever seen that film. Now, it's not like a not a dude film obviously it's like a romantic comedy movie but that guy blows his fucking finger off with a firework right and that's how sometimes it feels with curtis samuel he is either going to be on top of the mountain kilimanjaro or be absolutely atrocious last week we got the big game wide receiver 13 up against the rams in la they lose 20 28 that's another one of those games where in reality the score probably felt more like 7 to 28 3 to 28 but the commanders end up tugging Mr. Sam Howell out, Deshaun Watson style, and then they end up inserting Jacoby Brissett. Again, am I claiming that Curtis Samuel's like a must pickup? No. Five receptions on nine targets for 41 yards and two touchdowns. Curtis Samuel does do this, though, every once in a while, where a string, like three solid games in a row, and maybe that is what we end up seeing for the end of the season. The matchup is very scary, but again, if you are just scratching and crawling, looking for upside at wide receiver, Curtis Samuel has a whole lot of upside. At number 10, we got Trey Sermon, running back of the Indianapolis Colts, going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Hotlanta this week. 1.6% rostered on ESPN for Sermon, 0% on NFL. Current report is that Zach Moss aims to play despite the shoulder injury that he suffered on Saturday up against the Bengals. Also reports that Jonathan Taylor wants to play, but he is uncertain as well. So if you have Moss or you have Jonathan Taylor, I would definitely pick up Sermon due to the upside that he possesses as like a last ditch effort type of a play, right? But I will note that Sermon, obviously, is far from a guarantee to be the starter this week. Now, when he came in up against the Steelers, I don't know, maybe I said Bengals. I meant to say the Steelers, so I apologize. I said the wrong AFC North team, but I already know. There's going to be people in the comment section. Nick, you fucking dumb bastard. You know that the Colts played the Steelers last week, not the Bengals. You want to play the Bengals? It was the Vikings, you idiot. I know. I know, but running back 28 last week in PPR. Once Moss went down, 17 carries for 88 yards. Is Trey Sermon amazing? Of course not. But again, if you need a serviceable running back, if you had JT, you had Zach Moss, and you're like, fuck, 
My running back this week is going to be Patrick Taylor, the third string running back for the Packers. Then you might as well go ahead and pick up Trey Sermons. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't up enjoying today's video, please make sure you hit that subscribe button down below, as well as hitting that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you missed out on the week 16 top six this week instead of top five, top six defenses to stream for the week. Make sure you guys check that out. Link in the video description as well as on your screen right now. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good boy.